that's good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. Now in our sixth season, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And again, thank you to the founders of Feedspot, who, um, whose panelists have ranked us in the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web. You can check our podcast out on their uh, blog at feedspot.com. Ladies and gentlemen, now more than ever, we need to use our logic and our imagination because things are going at warp speeds. And those of us in the field and that talk about it every day, don't like to think about the end game of all these uh, jabs and what's happening and why people are being forced to take it, why we're giving it to kids. But remember, you have to be the CEO of your own body and you have the right to ask questions. You have the right to get answers and you have the right to leave a doctor's office who's not treating you right. And it's so hard, but we have to work at having an attitude of gratitude because grateful people at the end of the day, are less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and their social relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't going to do a podcast today, but certain things have happened, uh, and it'll become clear soon. Let me just uh, talk about what I do every week, uh, other than Tuesdays generally, is, is the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System report that comes out every Friday, uh, and we have it now up to uh, May 21st. And remember, this is at best only 10% of the people that have reactions are reporting. So you probably can uh, multiply everything by a minimum of 10 uh, to get a more realistic uh, view. But 
as of May 21st, 227,521 adverse reactions were reported. 4,406 deaths, which is 205 more than last week. And 21,537 serious injuries, which is up 3,009 from the previous week. So there's no, no problem with these shots. As the talking heads on uh, television say, they're perfectly safe and effective. This week's data showed 3,449 total adverse events, including 58 rated as serious among 12 to 17 year olds. 281.6 million shots, and it is not a vaccine. It is a shot, it is a jab. It is a gene altering injection. It does not prevent you from getting the co the SARS-2 virus. It does not you prevent you from transmitting it. It may stop you from getting as sick. Of the 4,406 deaths, 23% occurred within 48 hours of the vaccine. And I'm using that word loosely. 16% occurred within 24 hours. And 38% occurred in people who became ill within 48 hours of vaccine, of the shot, of the jab. 20% of deaths were related to cardiac disorders. 54% were male, 44% female. Other gender was, was not disclosed. Average age of death, 74.4. The youngest death reporter included two 15-year-olds. And the report goes on about pregnant women and now the uh, increase in Bell's palsy. There are 2,577 cases of Bell's palsy. 52% were reported after Pfizer, 41% Moderna, 9% J&J. Guillain-Barre syndrome still has 238 reports of cases. There's been reports of anaphylaxis to all three injections. There were 4,433 reports of blood clotting disorders. Nothing perfectly safe and effective investigational jab, ladies and gentlemen. Perfectly safe and effective, according to the talking heads on TV who are reading a script, who have left their minds and their testicles behind. Even though the, the CTC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices released an advisory alerting doctors to reports of myocarditis, which seem to be occurring in adolescents and young adults, more in males than females, more likely after the second dose, and typically within four days after vaccination. Now they're saying most appear mild. Don't worry about it. Mild if it's not, if it's, if it's not your child. Because myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle. Need I say more? And now these experimental shots want to be given 
to 12 to 17 year olds. They're not worried about safety. Everything is hunky dory. Even though Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has found evidence that the number of kids hospitalized for COVID was inflated by 40%. They were overcounted by at least 40%. So they could justify giving this shot to children. Let that sink in. So I don't know what's going on. I really don't. It's, it's really, I know what's going on, but it, we need more people to stand up, more people to stand up, like Dr. T up in Philadelphia area. Need people to stand up and be heard. All right. I have a really interesting story to tell you. Very interesting story that occurred today. Never, I want to report on it, but before I do that, I just want to again tell you that, you know, be careful what you use when you clean your house, especially now in the springtime. You know, I've told you before about all the hormones and, and the chemicals in, in these uh, uh, products. And people are what? They're, they're just cleaning them off the shelves, aren't they? Bleach, disinfectant sprays, antibacterial soaps, hand sanitizers. Of course, you want to have your house spick and span. Malls, gyms, churches, restaurants. Clorox experienced a record jump in sales. But what at what cost? At what cost? to keep everything so clean. Could some of these products do more harm than good? Are they really making everything better and safer? We know a couple of years ago, we talked about triclosan, which was an hand sanitizer. It's been banned from antibacterial soaps because it's been linked to bone loss and osteoporosis. But guess what? They haven't removed it from toothpaste. The APA hasn't barred it from clothing, kitchenware, furniture, and toys. So you, you really still have to be careful of triclosan. And the overuse of antibacterials in general, in general, have been associated with drug-resistant superbugs, which makes us rely excessively on antibiotics. Because why? We've been talking about this from the very beginning of this scamdemic. Your microbiome, your, your superior, if you have a superior interior, if your gut bacteria remain strong, where 80 to 85% of your immune system is located, you will be fine but these products mess with your microbiome. The oral antibiotics disrupt the balance of good and bad bugs in your gut, robbing you of those natural defenses. Hand sanitizers, even the ones that contain only alcohol and no triclosan, 
They can strip your skin of its microbiome. We have millions and millions and millions of bacteria and viruses in our body normally that keep us healthy. So you remove that protective barrier and makes you, it makes you more susceptible to germs and toxins. The ingredients in these disinfectant sprays disrupt your hormones, irritate your eyes. It can make it difficult for you to breathe and damage your DNA. Aerosol sprays release volatile organic compounds, VOCs they're called. These fumes are dangerous. They've been linked to respiratory illnesses and asthma. Bleach. How about that? Is that the go-to thing for making things look good in your kitchen and bath? Well, it can irritate your eyes, your skin, your nose, your mouth, your throat. And you have to keep it away from other products, right? Like ammonia vinegar, because you don't want to gas yourself out of your house. So EWG.org has a lot of safe cleaning products. EPA actually has published a list of products that meet the agency's safer choice. EPA website, and you can look at that one. But yeah, maybe it's time we go back a little bit. And maybe three things from our past, those of us that remember. Maybe good old vinegar might be good to use, but don't mix it with bleach. You'll gas yourself, right? The white vinegar is more powerful. It's a good cleaning. Hydrogen peroxide. It's so safe when it's diluted, you can use it on food. And remember, that's one of the treatment for COVID, inhalation of 1% food grade peroxide in a nebulizer. It knocks it out of your nose, your throat, spread around your eyes, your ears. So it's a, you know it's been used for a long time. But the one you get, like at the dollar parlor and all, that's three percent. You should uh, lower that concentration to to one percent. And what's what's so bad about good old soap and water when you wash your hands and your body? Now, not the chemical soaps, plain old ivory, right? Instead of all these fancy chemicals and you're paying for them anyway. One thing I've forgotten is I should never forget this. Monday is Memorial Day. And we should not forget our past. And it is the 153rd anniversary of Memorial Day. And our great governor of Florida put out a proclamation that states, whereas in May 1868, Major General John A. Logan called for a nationwide day of remembrance to pay tribute to those who gave their lives serving our country, we would officially, which would officially be designated Memorial Day by Congress and whereas the last Monday in May is set aside each year to honor our servicemen and women who answered the call of duty and made the ultimate sacrifice in defense of our great nation. 
And whereas the 103rd anniversary of Memorial Day will fall May 31st, 2021 on a Monday. And whereas with the 1.5 million veterans living in our great state of Florida, Florida is recognized as one of the most military and veteran-friendly states in the nation. Whereas our country remains the land of the free because of the soldiers, the sailors, the airmen, Marines, Coast Guard, and merchant mariners, many of whom have paid the ultimate sacrifice and have made our state and nation immensely proud. And whereas Memorial Day is an important opportunity to honor our Gold Star families, the honor and remember flag is flown to embody the respect and gratitude of our state that our state has for these families. And whereas Memorial Day is an opportunity to honor the men and women of the armed forces who bravely defend our freedoms while remembering all those who have died for our great nation. And with this proclamation, uh, Governor DeSantis proclaimed May 31st, 2021 as Memorial Day in Florida, asked all residents of Florida to pause for a moment of silence at three o'clock, 3 p.m. on Monday, May 31st. And he has directed that all national and state flags in Florida be lowered to half staff from sunrise until noon in memory of our fallen heroes and and uh, armed forces. So, you know, we wouldn't have the freedoms we had to have today if it wasn't for our, these heroes. We would not have these freedoms, ladies and gentlemen. And those who do not stand for the flag and disrespect our country, um, they don't have uh, the fortitude or the testicles to leave to go someplace else. So you see this uh, shot, this jab is not really as safe as everybody says it is, is it? People are dying. People are dying. People are getting sick. People are having anaphylactic reactions. And today I saw an article that pre preempts what I'm going to be talking about in a two-part series, the corruption of the medical establishment and death by modern medicine. This article that was posted today by Dr. Joe Marcola states that more than 400,000 deaths per year are caused by doctors. I think it's higher and I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that in, that two, in our two-part series. And why am I saying that? Well, this morning was an interesting morning. I had a call from a friend of mine that has uh, an autoimmune disease, like rheumatoid arthritis, that is flaring up. And she went to her physician to get her medication refilled, which is Umara, which makes her feel comfortable, allows her to move and get a good night's sleep, and which she has been on for years. This physician, and I don't know his name, is a rheumatologist, would not give her the prescription unless she subjected herself to two shots of an experimental injection 
and actually gave her a prescription and that said to the pharmacist, do not fill unless she has two shots. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this jab is under emergency use authorization. It went from the computer to people's arms. How can a physician who swore an oath not to do no harm coerce a patient, a client, to take an experimental injection? I thought that only happened during in Hitler's Germany. I thought the Nuremberg Council was pretty clear about that. You, you cannot force someone to take an experimental injection. This, these, these jabs are not approved. They are under emergency use. And, and some uh, of the numbers that were used to get this emergency use were probably fudged. I don't know. You know, I have an email, docronradio at gmail.com. If anybody has um, any ideas what this woman should do, I'd appreciate your comments. A physician conditioning a treatment for a patient based on getting an experimental injection. What do you think? What options does this, does this person have? Well, sometimes you don't want to think, uh, you know, you think about attorneys, but, you know, what options does she have? Let me know. Let me know your thoughts. You know, John Rappaport from uh, No More Fake News uh, came across a blockbuster because he found out that the FDA, by their own standards, should never have allowed Pfizer COVID vaccine to be shot into a single arm. According to their own data, the document was posted or is posted on the FDA website and is titled, quote, Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee Meeting FDA Briefing Document Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 Vaccine, dated December 10, 2020. The date tells us that all the information in the document is taken from the Pfizer clinical trial based on which the FDA authorized the emergency use. A key quote was bur is buried on page 42, quote, among 3,410 total cases of suspected but unconfirmed COVID-19 in the overall study population, 1,594 occurred in the vaccine group versus 1,816 in the placebo group who received a saltwater shot, unquote. Has anybody seen this any place, in any print, in any newscast? Those numbers reveal that the vaccine was not effective at preventing COVID-19. It wasn't 50% more effective than no vaccine at all. And that's the standard the FDA uses for emergency use authorization. 
3,410 total cases, 1,594 in the vaccine group, 1,816 in the placebo group. The vaccinated group was not more than 50% better than the salt water shot group. You feel confident now about getting the jab? This is just a crazy stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And nobody's doing any critical thinking or critical investigation of these numbers. And the FDA uses suspected but unconfirmed. I mean, what does that mean? You know, can you suspect you're pregnant? I don't know. I don't, what's that mean? Were they really actual cases? Well, we suspected they had it. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. It can only mean these people all display symptoms consistent with the definition of COVID, but they were not confirmed because their PCR tests were negative, not positive. And if their tests were negative, why would they be called suspected cases instead of not cases? By the FDA CDC rules, a case of COVID-19 means a person has tested positive, period. That's the way you, that the cases were counted during the scandemic. So these several thousand volunteers in the Pfizer clinical trial were either COVID-19 cases or they weren't. Can't have it both ways, guys. <laughs> So did the FDA decide to throw all that data away? I don't know. Because if the FDA had paid serious attention to the several thousand suspected cases, they would never have authorized the vaccine for public use. They would have stopped the clinical trial and undertaking a very deep, extensive investigation, which they did not do. Now, guess what? There's more to that document. The FDA document also states suspected COVID-19 cases that occurred within seven days after any vaccination were 409 in the vaccine group versus 287 in the placebo group. Right after vaccination, 409 people who received the shot became suspected COVID cases right after they got the shot. Look, this, this is a great document written by um, John Rappaport. And we've talked about the PCR tests and so forth. I mean, we, we've been lied to by phony Fauci right from the beginning, the flip-flopper, uh, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get a shot, do this, do that, wear 515 masks, wear, wear three masks, don't go outside. Well, why'd you say that? Well, I didn't want people to get complacent. Do you have any proof? No, I just, it was just my feeling. I wanted people to not be free. 
Where's all that money you gave Wuhan, phony Fauci? Oh, I don't know. How much money did you make off the Moderna vaccine, Fauci? Oh, nobody's reporting on that. Nobody's reporting on the Dole Act, which allowed him and his compatriots to own patents on vaccines that they, they developed and that they get through the FDA. You trust the Chinese? Oh, we trust them implicitly. How many of my listeners trust the communist Chinese Communist Party? All right, a couple of things, and then I'll stop my ranting and raving. A really explosive report came out that, and this is from the Salk Institute that was founded by vaccine pioneer Jonas Salk. What's this bombshell? It's a scientific article that revealed that the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein is what's actually causing the vascular damage in COVID patients and COVID vaccine recipients promoting strokes, heart attacks, migraines, blood clots, and other harmful reactions that have already killed thousands of Americans. Go to VAERS. Critically, all four COVID vaccine brands currently in widespread use either inject patients with the spike protein or via mRNA technology instruct the patient's own body to manufacture spike proteins and release them into their own blood. This floods the patient's body with a very spike protein that the Salk Institute has now identified as the smoking gun cause of vascular damage and related events. Let me simplify this. The vaccines were designed to contain the very element that's killing people. There was there's a false assumption from the from the uh, big pharma and its propagandists that this spike protein is quote unquote inert and harmless. The Salk Institute proves this assumption to be dangerously inaccurate. Oh my gosh. These quote Salk researchers and collaborators show how the protein damages cells, confirming COVID 19 as a primarily vascular disease, unquote. A vascular disease, not a respiratory disease, a vascular disease that could explain why some people have strokes and why some people have issues in other parts of their body. The commonality between them is that they all have vascular underpinnings. Now we're injecting millions of people with these spike proteins. The Moderna and the Pfizer ones are encased in a lipid nanoparticle. We have no idea what it is. We have no idea how long it stays in your body, but it's telling your DNA to keep producing these spike proteins. Does it produce it for an hour, a day, a month, a year? 
You know these spike proteins, if they get into your brain, they can call prion, they can cause prion diseases like multiple sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's disease. COVID-19, when you get it naturally, comes in through your nose and throat, through your respiratory tract, and your body initiates an immune reaction to kill it right then and there. But these injections bypass what is normal and natural, and these shots go through your whole body, go into your organs, going to any place that has ACE2 receptors. You know where there's a lot of ACE2 receptors receptors in a female ovaries and the male testicles that could render them either one infertile. And I didn't report on this on my two-part series about um, a crisis in humanity. But you add that now, and there's... uh, sort of makes no doubt that by 2045, we won't be having any more children. The ACE2 receptor, it's in a lot of cells throughout our bodies. And this spike protein is like a puzzle. It's meant to, to hook up with that. So take the virus away. And so you still got major damaging effects to the vascular cells simply by virtue of its ability to bind to the ACE2 receptor. Now, the article does not mention vaccines, but the vaccines have the very same spike protein that was studied. And it's touted by the industry. We're giving you the, the spike protein. And, and so what are we seeing with the vaccines? Vascular disease, deaths, blood clots, thrombocytopenia, thrombo, thrombocytosis. That's why we'll be doing a, another podcast shortly on blood supply. Uh, of vaccinated people. Should unvaccinated people take a blood donation from a vaccinated person who may have this spike protein in their endothelial cells? How about an organ transplant? Do you want an organ from a person who has had a vaccine and may have this spike protein being generated by a little factory from a lipid nanoparticle that we do not know how long it stays in your body. And a relative of mine this morning pointed out, as this study pointed out, that this as protein, the spike protein, really affects mitochondrial function. Right? That's, that, they're the energy cells of the body. And because it affects ACE2 uh, expression, it can, it can interfere with so many other uh, biochemical processes. But important, and why we're going to be doing some programs on this, 
The data from Salk showed that this S spike protein alone by itself can damage endothelium. Okay, the lining of your blood vessels. We don't know. There's so much we don't know about these jabs that are given to millions of people and now to young people with the potential to make them infertile besides causing blood clots and myocarditis. So do you think you want to join in and asking the government to halt these vaccines until we know more? You know, a According to the government-published VAERS data, vaccine deaths in 2021 are already nearly 4,000% higher than all the vaccine deaths of 2020 combined. And this spike protein that causes vascular damage is definitely different. And now we're starting to understand why, thanks to the Salk Institute. And do these mRNA vaccines turn your body into a bioweapon? Because, you know, now we're seeing uh, spreading and shedding. So when we're making so much spike protein in our bodies when we get vaccinated that they spill over into your bloodstream. And they can shed, and this researchers are finding this. They can be transmitted from vaccinated people to unvaccinated people. And it can cause adverse reactions in people who were never vaccinated themselves. This is behind the self-replicating vaccines. And just, just so you know, this is all from the Salk Institute. And this, this technology of these self-replicating, these, like I said, these lipid nanoparticles that make your cells produce a spike protein, a little factories. It was pioneered by doctors and scientists in apartheid racist South Africa. They, they, they started developing a vaccine that would spread through the black population of South Africa and exterminate the masses who posed a threat to the ruling technocratic elite. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't just don't know the answers, but you know, is there really a program to exterminate human populations? John Hopkins celebrates this self-replicating technology. They're even calling for it to be used to achieve global mass vaccination by surveillance by drones and artificial intelligence robots that can probably point a gun at your head to your injected. So are mRNA vaccines bioweapon factories that turn humans into biological weapons? Right now, we know one thing. They're experimental. And uh, the more people that are getting uh, reactions, it is risky, a, a risky experiment. 
and they are not vaccines and they have not been approved and they are not safe and effective. The FDA has not granted any approval for these vaccines. Um, and again, I'm using that word. I should not even be using that word. So I have one comment here that <coughs> this woman should change doctors. I said the same thing to her. Change doctors and, and write a letter to the Medical Board of Florida that this physician today held her hostage, would not give her the, her needed medication until she took an experimental jab. A woman that already has vascular injuries, a woman that is that already has a compromised immune system. And we reported this last week, even Dr. Monaguer, people with low immune systems do not develop antibodies, even with the vaccine. And I'm, just a couple more things before I close. You know, there's an F, another FDA document out there that was uh, uh, reported on Natural News that reveals 86% of children who participated in Pfizer COVID vaccine trial experienced adverse reactions. Publicly available FDA fact sheet, ladies and gentlemen. Children 12 to 15. You know, turning them into little spike protein factories. And now we know these spike proteins cause vascular disease and blood clots. Our children now are at risk. And there's another group of doctors for COVID ethics that have been warning about the potential for gene-based COVID-19 vaccines to cause blood clots, cerebral vein thrombosis, and sudden death. It turns out that platelets also have this ACE2 receptor. And it can be activated by this spike protein and lead to, with something called DIC, disseminated intravascular coagulation. That's so, so much stimulation of your coagulation system that you have a problem with abnormal blood clotting and low platelets and you do hemorrhage. This is, not, you know, this is not as safe as effective as the talking heads would have you believe or phony Fauci would have you believe. A key problem with all these injections for COVID-19 based on the RNA is that the spike protein itself appears toxic. And again, these, this, this group of physicians say, your body is now a spike protein producing factory. And they brought up something that I brought up earlier in the, in the program about the prion protein. Its inherent toxicity may be due to it being a prion protein. If so, we can expect these injections to cause all manners of prion diseases, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, right? 
And th- these are not, these are people that are well respected in their fields, but uh, phony Fauci will not let them be heard. Facebook will not let them be heard. Twitter will not let them be heard. Instagram will not let them be heard. This this uh, doctor uh, uh, who formed the uh, Doctors for COVID Ethics is Dr. Bacati, a retired professor, a microbiologist, microbiologist and infectious disease and immuno, immunology specialist. Why can't we have this discussion? Why can't we have a discussion about post-vaccination thrombocytopenia where your platelets just decrease and you hemorrhage? So in medicine, we were taught balance the risks and the benefits. My reading indicates the vaccine risks outweigh any potential benefit. And something else, you know, we have treatment, okay? Fauci didn't like it, but hydroxychloroquine, when given in the first five days of symptoms, and Dr. Zelenko, you can look him up, Dr. Z-E-L-E-N-K-O, he has used it on 3,000 patients with no problem and no long haul syndrome. We have ivermectin, which is a drug used around the world, which you, when used early is, is 86% effective. We know about zinc, we know about uh, uh, the Z-Pak, azithromycin. We know about quercetin. We know a lot of things that can be used early, but they have to be used early. It has been estimated that if physicians had strapped on a set of testicles and, and used these therapies, could have saved anywhere from 100 to 250,000 lives. But I found out from a dear friend in Pennsylvania that the Pennsylvania Attorney General instructed all pharmacists to notify the Attorney General if a, if a doctor wrote a prescription for hydroxychloroquine. What does an attorney general have to do with the practice of medicine? I have these questions. And then I have on May 28th, Friday, a French paramedic asked, why are all his vaccinated and elderly patients dying from massive strokes? I may have given you the answer. A French paramedic recently noticed how many elderly and vaccinated patients he was uh, taking to the hospital who were suffering from cardiopulmonary arrest and strokes. The emergency room nurse informed him that it is happening all the time and that most of the patients are dying that are being brought in. The nurse also tells the paramedic that upper management at the hospital does not want to know about it or hear about it. They just keep moving the dead bodies to the morgue's refrigerator. St. Joseph San Luke Hospital, Lyon City. Okay. So my mantra has been for quite a while, be the CEO of your own body. Be the CEO of your own body. Let me just leave you with this. The FDA receives 45% of its annual budget from the pharmaceutical industry. The, the World Health Organization gets roughly 50% of its budget 
from private sources, including Bill Gates and Big Pharma. The CDC is a vaccine company. It's listed on Dun & Bradstreet. It owns 56 vaccine patents and buys and distributes $4.6 billion in vaccines annually through the Vaccines for Children's program. So how much of, of what these companies do is science and how much of what the FDA, WHO, and the CDC do is business? There are, there are qualified people, qualified people that are saying they would not take the jab and they give reasons why. I hope I gave you some uh, information that you, you know, you don't hear on mainstream media or reading the papers. I have a couple of great podcasts uh, that we're putting together. One with Dr. Wong, when we'll talk about if you're an unvaccinated person, would you take a blood transfusion from a person who has been vaccinated. If you needed an organ transplant, would you take an organ from somebody that's been vaccinated? We will be talking to Brian Peskin, the MIT engineer who has just blown the lid off of fish oils. And we will have... um, a program with him that will be very basic to start with. Fish oil for dummies and why you should be taking plant-based essential fatty acids. As the professor says, fish oil is antifreeze for deep water fish. And once you get that fish oil above 32 degrees, it's rancid. That's why there has not been any study showing the benefits of marine lipids. Not even the one they inject in your butt, the the one that uh, Big Pharma invented that has super, super pharmacological doses. And how everybody has, hello, uh, the wrong impression of omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. So that'll be with Brian Peskin. And then we'll have a two-part series about death by modern medicine. And why we'll talk about how the medical boards of the major medical schools are mainly for big pharma guys and gals. How a, how a, a resident relies on Google for a differential diagnosis. How doctors have become more you know, a pill for every ill. You need this pill for that pill. How pediatricians and a lot of other physicians are just becoming vaccine injectionists. You come in and get your shot. No talk about diet, lifestyle, frequency-based medications, homeopathy, herbs. Not talking about getting out into the sun. So that's what we have planned over this over this next next uh, next month. I just something came across my desk this week. A woman was denied access to the COVID nineteen vaccine by her doctor after finding out she was allergic to PEG, polyethylene glycol, 
which is one of the ingredients, one of the ones we know about anyway, of the hundred and some million people in the United States fully vaccinated for COVID-19. Anyway, PEG is, is in cosmetics. It's in the, I think it's in the prep for colonoscopies. But this article goes on as I'm looking at it. Cause anaphylaxis in patients that have allergic allergy to PEG 100% of the time. So I guess if you have an allergy to PEG, you should know about it. And before you get the jab. And then we have to get back to talking about, you know, just how do you keep healthy? You know, best time to brush your teeth, the best time to drink tea, the best time to drink milk. Is there a best time to eat fruit? Is there a best time to take a walk, to take a bath? Okay, don't forget to take your supplements. Don't be afraid to take melatonin. Get a good night's sleep. It is also a great antioxidant. And thank you for tuning in. And, um, you know, we're also on Apple and Google and Spotify and Stitcher and but good old Podbean also. And um, if you go to another uh, one of these other uh, platforms, give us a give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it. We're going to stick in here. I'm going to. I was going to retire after 55 years of being a physician and doing this for six years. But is I'm really charged up about how we're being manipulated because I read the studies. I read more now than when I was in an active practice. I'm involved with some great groups of physicians uh, to try and break this all down and, and think about it critically, not have an opinion until we review all of the literature. And that's not what's happening today. Uh, on, on, the, on the TV, you're getting somebody reading a script and that script comes from who knows. Maybe phony Fauci, I'm not sure. We try and look at everything. And if I had my desk straightened up, I'd give you some more information from a recent conference we just we just had. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, we'll do that during the next month too, is chlorine dioxide. That's also been a fantastic antiviral used all around the world. And we really want to, I want to get somebody on that, that really knows something about the hydrogel lipid coating for the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. Does it have biosensors in it? Can it transmit? Does Wi-Fi affect it? Does 5G affect it? Does it have any voltage of its own? You know, you've probably seen on, on TikTok some of these uh, share these injection sites, uh, Magnetic will adhere to them. You know, we, we need to know more about that. And I'll just, again, it leads me to just tell you that what I said one year ago in Italy, it was where this was one of the epicenters. They had just had all new 5G put in by Huawei from China. All these elderly people had just received a quadrivalent new flu vaccine. And again, like I said, I, I read so much. Dr. Sinef from MIT has been, a, she's a glyphosate pioneer roundup. And these cities in Northern Italy are close to Torino and Milan and get a lot of chemtrails by jets that use biodiesel fuels that 
are pouring out Roundup on, on these people. So what does glyphosate have to do with this equation? What does 5G have to do with this equation? Are we actually becoming many robots which being injected? I don't know the answer. I have the question, but nobody is talking about it. What is in this hydrogel lipid coating? Okay. Thank you for tuning in. I have a dear friend who wrote this closing number for me, so we're going to let Freddie sing a little bit. We'll do it. We'll be on uh, Tuesday, uh, the day after Memorial Day. Please don't forget all the veterans who make all of this possible and have given their lives for this country. This past month was the, an anniversary of the end of Vietnam, and I didn't hear anything about it. So to all the people that I see here that have signed in, thank you for listening. It is really humbling, and I do have an attitude of gratitude. And um, God bless, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for today. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know. Tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. And if you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week